back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. And I'm your ever-lurking-in-the-bathroom boyfriend. The, <laughs> the background. <laughs> Not lurking in the bathroom. Although, Today. the size of our apartment, I might as well. Oh, anyways, I hope you guys are having a good Tuesday when this episode comes out. I know, I know I will be having a good Tuesday. You know why, Jimmy? Why? Because it'll be the last week of my externship. Um, I'm super excited. I'll go into it during like spit talk, but I just feel like I'm ready to move on. Um, I'm someone where like if I know that I'm not going to be somewhere forever, then I'd rather just rip off the band-aid and move on with my life. So that's basically where I'm at. Ellie, do you have something to tell the world? She's like coming up to the microphone. She goes, free kibble for all. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I do have to say, thank you so much for everyone that's left a review so far. You guys have been leaving, like, the kindest, like, like five-paragraph MLA-formatted essay reviews. Like, literally, it makes my day. My heart actually... Okay, so every day, actually multiple, multiple times, every day, I check to see how many reviews and ratings we have on Apple Podcasts. I refresh this, like, in the morning when I'm getting ready, at lunch, when I'm eating lunch. And, like, usually, like, most times there's nothing new, but the one time a week, usually people write, like, maybe, like, once a week if I'm lucky, when I see that number go up, Jimmy, Jimmy knows. I, like, let out a little and I'm, like, so excited, and then I promptly have to read him, like, every word of the review. I just, I love it. It feels like reading, like, letters from you guys. So thank you so much, you guys. Right? It's pretty much the only uh, pillow talk I get these days. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, she's like, now I'm gonna give you a dramatic reading of all of my podcast reviews, and I'm like, more, <laughs> right? Oh, you like them? iTunes reviews. Our poor, <laughs> our poor kids. Someday they're gonna be like, Mom, can you read me a bedtime story? I'm like, do you want to hear the review from user three two five? And they're like, no. Anyways, you guys know what time it is. Let's get into Hot Girl Huddle. Alrighty, you guys. So this week for Hot Girl Huddle, hey, get your paws off my card. (laughs) You get to pick the card of the week, okay? Well, I was gonna shuffle the red pick. No, but I need to be close to the microphone to do the ASMR. Okay. Okay. So we have our healthcare horoscopes with our tarot cards. Let me give you guys a little card ASMR. Alright, Jimmy, do you want to shuffle the cards? No. You don't want to? Not anymore. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm going to shuffle these cards. Do you want to pick the card of the week? You're allowed to pick. Sure. Okay, just think of this week coming up. Think of the week of June 13th, okay? Are you thinking? Thinking. Okay, pick a good one, because last week was really fun when it was a good card. Pick the devil. <laughs> it was, like, rough couple of weeks when you picked the devil, and then, like, the one before that was also, like, hey, we've not been that fun. a rough year. I know. Okay, ready? For the devil of a year. Please be good, please be good, please be good. Is it... The moon upright. Oh, the moon upright. Okay, let's see what it is. This is promising. It's not like death. Okay, the moon Did we upright. Have the sun last time? No, we had the star. Ah, so we're, the moon and stars. Oh, we're very uh, astrological. Okay, so Biddy Tara, our loyal BiddyTara.com. Let's see what the moon upright means for the week of June thirteenth. I'm like kind of scared. Okay, the moon represents your fears and illusions. And often comes out when you are projecting fear into your present and your future, based on past experiences. You may have a painful memory that caused emotional distress, and rather than dealing with the emotions, you push them down deep into your subconscious. Now these emotions are making a reappearance. Okay, this actually makes sense because there is a full moon coming on the Tuesday of 
it's June 14th. But anyways, now these emotions are making a reappearance and you may find yourself under their influence on a conscious or subconscious level. For example, if you had a car accident when you were young but didn't, didn't deal with emotions, can you speak English? But didn't deal with the emotions, you may get sad or anxious every time you get into the backseat of a car. To remedy this, connect with your subconscious mind and release any fears or anxieties holding you back. Okay, I I like the positive ending on this, you guys. It's time to release our fears and anxieties. We're anxiety. getting a little worried along the way. Wait, there's more. This hey, um maybe it's Biddy Tarot that's the problem. And no, it's if, not. If we went to BiddyCaro.com. <laughs> Biddy Carrot. <laughs> um, but you know what? I strongly believe we pick what we need to, not what we want to. So, anyways. The moon can indicate a time of uncertainty and illusion when nothing is what it seems. Why couldn't we have just picked the star again? Be careful of making fast decisions when the moon appears because you may later realize you only had half of the information you needed. You need to listen and trust your intuition so that you can see what is beyond you. Okay, this is this is helpful. When the moon card appears in your tarot reading, pay close attention to the lunar cycles and attune to its divine power using ritual visualization, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, oh my gosh. Wait. Okay, this is kind of good, you guys. So you know how I just said there's going to be a full moon on Tuesday? It says, and on the full moon, honor your achievements and look at what you need to release so that new aspects of your shelf, your shelf can shine. Your shelf can your shine. Shelf. Okay. Yeah, shelf, I know. Shelf, shelf. Wait, okay. So I think this is kind Can of you good. Say she sells seashells by the seashore. I've never been good at that. I have a slight okay, list. Seashell. I don't want to do it. Wait, no, I heard myself. <laughs> you do have a list. Uh, yeah. You have trouble with your ethics. Well, I have a lisp only when I'm recording. I don't know if you guys have noticed this in in person. I don't think I have a lisp, but then I swear the second I press record, I'm like, hey guys. Um, so this is not shitting on anyone with lisp though, because I have one. It's okay to have a lisp, but it's just funny that Ani only has one. Funny. Yeah, I have like a weird like recording lisp. Um, I think it's because I have a slight open bite. Anyways. This, okay, I feel like this actually ended up being more positive than I thought it would be. I know it's scary facing our subconscious and things like that, but I, I, I resonated with the last sentence. We have to honor our achievements, which is hard to do sometimes when you're like busy, busy, like, you know, young healthcare females. And we have to look at what we need to release. So to let ourselves shine. So Jimmy, what are you going to release about yourself? Like what's a negative aspect that you can release? Okay, that's a really good one. I'm trying to think of what I can release. I can release my... I don't know. I'll think about this later. <laughs> now, let's get into spit talk. Hey, not fair. Alrighty, so this week for spit talk, the reason why I want to reflect on it later is because I feel like this whole new moon releasing stuff, or this full moon releasing stuff, actually works well into my spit talk. So like I said, for my spit talk... It is the last week of my externship. It's been five weeks, people, which, like, I can't believe the time has passed because it literally feels like just yesterday that I started it, my externship, and I think it was a really good experience. I learned a lot, and I really challenged myself, and you know what? I think I'm just ready. I'm, I'm ready to go home to school, and I feel like when I started this externship, like, five weeks ago, you guys can even play back the clip. I was so excited to get out here. I was like, hold me back, right? Like, I was like, oh, let me get in there. Let me get in there. Like, learn some stuff. Be a real dentist. And, like, I never want to come back to school. I hate school. School sucks, blah, blah, blah. I think I, I had become that jaded dental student that I never thought that I would become. You know, like, if, if you're in dental school or pharmacy school or med school or whatever, you always meet the jaded upperclassmen that kind of hate it. Um, 
in particular, this attitude seems to like be very pervasive to dental schools. And I, I never thought I was going to be one of those people. But like, if you play me back to five weeks ago, I think I was one of those people. But now going into externship, I realized along the way, school's school's not all that bad. Okay, like I missed my friends, I missed my faculty that I really like, I missed my patients even. Like I think. I thought that everything was going to be perfect once I left school, and that's probably how you feel like when you're going to graduate. But then in the real world, it's like I, I, I just miss my community, I guess. And like, I feel lucky that I actually missed school because I get to come back home to it, and it's a place where I feel like safe to learn and comfortable, and I have my people. I don't know. Will I regret saying this? Probably because school kind of does suck. But I think this was like the deep. Realization I had last night while I was like loofying with like my body scrub.、Um, I think I had to go on externship to a be excited for my future as a dentist. It reminded me of how good being a dentist could be and how excited I am to have assistants and get out there into the real world. Yes, but more importantly, I think I actually really needed this externship to be able to appreciate the present of where I am right now. Because if I had kept going down that path of being this like jaded fourth year dental student, being like I hate school, get me out of here, blah blah blah. I think I really would have missed like the beauty of what's in front of me, which is like my community and all the little things that I'll never get back. So now I'm excited to go to back to school with like a newfound appreciation for this this little bubble that I have because I'm realizing now that the class before us has graduated, now that I'm a D4, I'm realizing this isn't forever. So I just have to enjoy what's in front of me while I can, and I'm thankful that externship helped open my eyes to that. End scene. <laughs> That was a nice dramatic reading. Thank you. Been really building up to this over the last week. I've been thinking about it a lot. You know、uh, why? I think we we should actually go back to one of those old clips <laughs> and like just have it inserted in there. Okay, let me insert it right here. Because I think it'll be uh, uh, it'll be real funny.、Uh, okay, this was Connie five weeks ago. Go. Five weeks earlier. Okay, honestly, it took me like a really long time to listen through all the clips. And I couldn't quite find the clips, but I—you guys were there. It was something along the lines of like, "School sucks, na na na. It's so annoying. I work so hard." You—you you guys remember how whiny I was? So yeah, that was—that was me five weeks ago. And honestly, that'll still probably be me now, but <laughs> but I think I just appreciate school a little bit more. That's all. Anyways, editing Connie. Fast forward back to present day. No, yeah, I I've been thinking about this a lot. You know why? Because it takes me one hour to get there every single morning. It, I I spend two hours commuting every single day. So、yeah. I've had a lot of time to think about how I feel. <laughs> If anyone's listening to this and they're like, "Wow, you've like thought about this a lot," um, just a bit. But yeah, in terms of what I'm releasing for for the full moon and the tarot card and stuff, I'm doing a little integration with the healthcare horoscopes. I'm releasing my negative mindset, and I'm welcoming in a more positive mindset to end this year, this experience, end my higher education experience on a good note.、Uh, Ellie, you got anything for spit talk?、Uh, She stopped having diarrhea this week. Yeah, yeah, diarrhea's done.、Um, my aunt and uncle have been in town, so、mm-hmm. we've been、uh, partying hard with them.、Mm-hmm. Uh, did a、uh, historical boat tour that turned out to be a historical boat. Or, Snore! Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was well, interesting. It was, a, it was a nice boat ride, but like, they like they they teased it as a historical boat tour, and we, you know, they might have been like, oh, there's a monument, but that was about it. Like, you know, really phoned it in. 
Yeah, I, I have this condition where, I don't know if this proves that I have narcolepsy or something, but, so when I was little, my parents used to put me in the car to fall asleep, um, and it worked, but the problem is, it never stopped working, so now, anytime I'm on a moving vehicle for more than, like, 10 minutes, I get so drowsy, so I was sitting on this boat trying to, like, entertain like, your I'm aunt and uncle, uh, yeah, you know what's believable when you have to say, I'm having a great time multiple times, <laughs> and I was like, I promise you guys, I'm having a good time, yeah, I feel like they were looking at me a little concerned because my left eyelid was probably fluttering <laughs> and I was probably like, me, 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 a little bit. Um, so yeah, I just, but I thought it was a lovely ride for the parts that I was awake for. Yeah, the second half of it was really good, but like definitely if you're planning on doing any tourist activities in Boston, yeah, would not recommend the historic boat tour. You know what, if you guys are going to be in Boston Walk anytime trail, soon, do the boat, duck boats. Hit us up, and we'll give you some good recommendations. Because now I feel like we've tried out enough stuff where we know what's good and what's not good. So, anyways. So this week, I'm super excited because we are joined by my good friend Joyce, the dentist. Um, she's one of my good friends from Instagram for like a while now. And I look up to her a lot, as you'll probably be able to tell. Um, I say that to her a lot. But honestly, I just feel like there's parts of myself that really resonate and I can really connect with her. On like the smallest interesting things um and she just has this insights that i mean she's she's been a dentist for like more than 10 years now she is super successful so i wanted to just sit her down and ask her questions about navigating her 20s i wanted to hear all about you know the transition from your 20s to your 30s and things that she struggles with because she's one of those perfect people that looks like she doesn't struggle with anything <laughs> Um, so that was like an honestly a really therapeutic conversation. I loved chatting with her and I'm excited for you guys to hear the sorry the audio is a little whack because I it was my fault. Um, we were recording our convo on zoom. I didn't hit record on my end for my microphone. So it very clearly sounds like it's a zoom uh, podcast, which is fine. But you know what? I live and I learn. So next time I will remember to press play for my microphone. <laughs> Anyways, have a good Tuesday, you guys. Here is Joyce the Dentist's conversation on navigating your 20s. Hey, Joyce, how's it going? Hi, Connie. <laughs> so, literally, Joyce and I, I feel like we've been internet friends, like, forever. We've, we've made brunch plans also at one point. We still need to do that at some point. That would have um, been awesome. I know, I know. So what I did last time, and I think this is like a fun way to introduce my guests. I think it's the in an orientation leader in me, which is like a little embarrassing. I, you know, the icebreaker where you like introduce your friend and like fun facts about them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, okay, I'm going to try that today with Joyce again, and we'll see how well I know Joyce. I feel like I do know you pretty well, but okay, Joyce, you, okay, starting way back, you grew up in California, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. One for one so far. So she grew <laughs> up in California and her mom is a dentist and she went to UOP dental school. It's like the combined program. Um, after she went to UOP, then you did a GPR in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All correct. Yes. Okay. Doing great so far at Joyce. <laughs> um, she has an adorable little black. Is he like a chihuahua mix? Oh my God. I thought you were going to say my baby. Um <laughs> But yeah, he's like um, a wiener. He's like a wiener. He has to be part chihuahua, but he's a wiener. Yeah, yeah I see that. So Hercules or Herc for short, um, your first baby. But he does. <laughs> she does have a real human baby now, Preston or Presto. 
let's see. He's, I was thinking about it as I was cooking today. He's like, is he two now? He's all, he's like 17 months. Okay. Okay. So he's still less than two, but he's like, it's crazy. I feel like just yesterday you like, we're just like teaching and all that stuff. And then like, then the next thing I know, then you had a baby. And now I'm like, oh my God, this baby is like 17 months. This is like crazy to me. Yeah. I think having a baby makes you realize how fast time goes by because like, you don't really think about it until there's a human that's like sprouting from nothing. And then you're like, oh my God, he's 17 months old. I know. And literally, I feel like it must make you like reevaluate time. Cause now you're probably like, how did I spend my time before? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, totally. Like now, um, I think about time so, so differently. Like I used to, I used to just, I don't know what I used to do, but like I was really busy, like in my way, I felt really, really busy. And then now I feel busy, but I'm also not busy because I've pawned off like a lot of my responsibilities. Cause I was like, I need to create systems so that I can survive life and be a mom. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Like Joyce is like definitely, even before the baby, you were like the busiest person that I know, <laughs> which is like saying a lot because like everyone's really busy. <laughs> but yeah, I I think you've like gotten really good at like your systems. We'll like get into all that and stuff too. Besides that, I'm like, oh, right. What's left? Um, Byron, Byronius. As you, called <laughs> um, you guys met when you were a dental resident, right? Yes. How do you know this? I'm so freaking creepy. I'm so creepy. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just like really creepy and I just feel like I know Joyce already. Um, Joyce, did I miss anything big? No, I think that's it. Okay. Those are like the key players. Yeah, besides that, Joyce, I casually forgot to mention, Joyce is kind of um, Instagram and TikTok famous um, and YouTube as well. She's just like, you'll see if you guys like take a second to look at her page, everything is just so well integrated and you're just so like consistent, which... People are always like, oh, consistency is key. But like, no, like you are the definition of consistent, which like I really admire. <clears throat> so, okay, now Thank I think we're you. really done. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I got um, my claim to fame is I had perfect attendance in high school. And so I feel like there's like nothing really special about me, but I just show up every single day. And that's like half the battle. <laughs> that's honestly like the perfect way to describe it. Also, looking back now, I very much did not have perfect attendance. So this explains a lot. <laughs> I'm like, thanks a lot, mom. Maybe you should have instilled this in me and now I'd be great. But anyways, I thought Joyce would be awesome to have on because I see Joyce as like an internet friend, but also you're honestly like a true mentor to me in this space. I, I, I say this every time I have, a, uh, I have a guest, but I really do selfishly just want to hear from you. Like, you know, your experience with navigating your 20s and into your 30s and your career moves all the things like that. I just feel like you have so much insight with that. So with that first, I'm just so curious. How would you describe your 20s? Like what was 20s Joyce like? Oh, um, <clears throat> how do I describe my 20s? I was, it was very chaotic because <laughs> I would say that I was like one of the most put together people from a career standpoint, like from the surface, like what you would put on a resume. But I was also like one of the biggest disasters on planet earth, um, socially, I think, because I, for, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm 35 now, but I graduated dental school when I was 23. So I started dental school when I was 20 and I basically couldn't go to the club or whatever and socialize in, in dental school. 
until I turned 21. So I was like really, really studious and I didn't really drink or go out. I was like actually really killing it in dental school before I turned 21. And then <laughs> when I turned 21, I had like those um, experiences that you're supposed to have in college. So I could not handle my alcohol or anything. Like I remember I had a 21 year old birthday party at a club and I didn't even like make it into the club because I was already blacked out. Oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I threw up on like two or three of my guy friends throughout dental school when they were carrying me home. And <laughs> I threw up in my, um, my roommate's boyfriend's BMW. Oh, <laughs> like, no. I was a disaster. But I guess I'm, I mean, it's so crazy to think about now because I feel like still kind of that disaster, but in a different phase of life. <laughs> and then So after dental school, I went to residency in New York, and then I was also kind of a disaster there, but but way more responsible because I didn't have my friends to carry me home. Um, And that's where I really started developing socially, but I was also working super hard. So like on the surface, I was like a practicing dentist in Manhattan and everything and working tons of hours. But then at like 11 o'clock at night, I would go out clubbing like clubbing until like four o'clock in the morning. And then I'd wake up and go to soul cycle and then go to work again. That like blows my mind. How did you find the energy for all of that? I was, I was just young, you know, like I can't do that now, <laughs> but back then I, I didn't get hangovers. I don't, do you get hangovers? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, but, but I think also our timelines are slightly different because like your timeline for that was like when I was in pharmacy school. So when I was in pharmacy school, I, I did kind of live that life um but I don't know if I, I think I was like gifted or actually not gifted um the genes of like the alcohol enzyme you know the um alcohol dehydrogenase so like I just like physically can't process that much alcohol <laughs> oh you can't no, I I love what so I love drinking I'm Korean like we drink mm-hmm. and we basically start and we can't stop <laughs> I don't know if you have Korean friends but yeah that's kind yeah. of our disease um, oh, I'm, but, I'm aware. <laughs> but then we don't get, like, I mean, I don't get hangovers. I do now if I mix things, but I still to this day don't really get hangovers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was bad in New York because I would just not get hangovers and I would just like get up and go. See, I'm like jealous though, because I feel like part of the reason why I don't like party or anything the way I used to is because I just feel so much like internal anxiety about like, oh my gosh, if I go too hard, then tomorrow's gonna be wasted. And like, I'm just worried about wasted the next day, like like wasting the next day and like my productivity, which is really sad because I need to like calm down. I'm only like 26. Like I should start acting like I'm 26. <laughs> oh, you're, you're already in that phase of life. You found your lobster and you're like oh. going down that path. I was, I was single. So I was just like, mm. I'm going to meet everybody because throughout dental school, I was kind of like a, I don't know. I stuck with my crew Mm -hmm, and I didn't really socialize. And this was my first time out on my own. So I met so many people, like also shitty people. I don't know Mm -hmm. if we're allowed to say that, but like, I was also really naive. I never had any like real life experiences because even when I first started drinking in dental school, like my friends took care of me a lot. And then when I moved to New York, I didn't have anybody really. So Mm -hmm. I had to take care of myself for the first time. (laughs) Wait, I'm like so curious now. Okay, A, I don't know if you felt this way. Do you feel like the boys in dental school are like not cute at all compared to the girl? Like the the girls at my school are like gorgeous. And then the boys are just like not, I'm sorry for any guys out there. But like my class, like 
the guys really aren't bringing the talent here. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but girls in dental school are really hot. <laughs> no, like dental school girls are like gorgeous. I don't know like what it is. Um, and I just think like dental school boys are just kind of douchey <laughs> or gross. I don't know. Yeah. But like I yeah, have very I, nice I classmates so. out there. <laughs> I do want to say if any of you guys are listening, um, you guys are nice. It's just I don't really feel like dating anyone. <laughs> Life is very fair though, because like, I think when you're a guy, it doesn't really matter if you're good looking. Like I don't date guys for their looks. In, in fact, if they're, if they look better than me, I, I, I'm not into it. Wait, oh my God, you, okay. You stole the words out of my mouth. Cause some of my friends are dating right now. And then um, I'll like, look at their like hinge matches and stuff. And I'm always just shocked because they're like, oh, he's to this. He's like, like whatever, like not into the looks. And I was I was always the odd man out saying like I don't look at looks first like when I first met Jimmy like I feel like I it's like based on the connection first and then I slowly find things I find attractive about you but same thing where if you're too attractive if I feel like you're like more attractive than me then I'm just like I don't know I'm just like not into it I think I've thought about this so many times because yeah I mean when I first started dating Byron I was kind of like oh I could do better than Byron (laughs) but then (laughs) in the end when I really think about like even now fast forward we've been married for like almost eight years or I don't know maybe we have been married for eight years but I feel really lucky to be with somebody who like lets me just be chill I've dated Mm -hmm. guys that are better looking than me or like at least I think the scale is different so like they're pretty good looking so they're considered really good looking and then I feel like I have to try a little bit harder and I hate that about myself because then I go down this hole of like, I have to dress nice every time I see them or like, I can't really be the big fat slob that I normally am. And Byron just lets me just be whatever. I think that's exactly how I felt with Jimmy because I feel like when I first met Jimmy, I mean, okay, he was also like my guy friend's um, like older brother. So he was kind of like cool to me in that sense. Little did I know how not cool he was, but like when I first met him- I love Jimmy. (laughs) there was like power rangers behind me over here but i think that's what drew me to jimmy was like uh like i can tell if guys are like super like put together sometimes it makes me self-conscious because i'm like oh they're probably gonna be picking apart everything that's wrong with me whereas with jimmy i knew like that wasn't his thought process at all like it was more just like we just connected so much emotionally which was interesting but okay i'm also curious like, tell me a bit about, like, your friend group in dental school. Like, I'm just, like, curious. Oh, the weird thing is none of my friends from dental school are in, on Instagram. Like, Really? Um, they When I announced that I was pregnant last time, they, they didn't know. Because I didn't, mm-hmm. like, go into the group chat and let them know. I just figured, you know, everyone's on Instagram. So if you just post it on Instagram, everyone in the world knows. But, yeah, they're not on Instagram. Hmm. I don't know how to describe them. Like they're very, uh, they all have their own practices right now. Um, mm-hmm. They're all spread out like in Hawaii and Texas. One of my best friends in dental school that I sat with, he's like this Indian guy. He was like the youngest dentist on planet earth. I think technically he was the youngest dentist in the United States when he was in dental school, but he's like just turned 30 or something. And he's like a million millionaire or something I don't know what he does he buys businesses he's a dentist he buys businesses and then he like you can't even I can't even describe it but he always knew like I would walk into his room in the morning and he'd be reading like stock books and I was like (laughs) so he's like always about to make dentistry into a real business Mm -hmm. Um, and then the rest of us are are in uh, private practice Mm. 
Oh, that's awesome. I think it's like so funny to think about because I feel like in dental school, like you said, it's like you were just like a mini version of yourself. Like you've changed a lot, but at the same time, like some of the core things have like still stayed the same, you know? And I'm also curious. So when you were in dental school, envisioning life once you were free, free from the bars of dental school, uh, what did you like think life after dental school was going to be like? And like, tell us a little bit about like how much it surprised you or like if what surprised you and what didn't surprise you as well. I never, the weirdest thing is I never thought about life after dental school. Really? I, yeah. Like I never thought about like, do I want to do private practice or I knew so I, I went to residency in New York, but it's only because I wanted to get away from California. I've never lived on my own. And at the time I was dating that oral surgeon guy and he was going mm-hmm. to Columbia for, so, so we, we decided to do that and then we broke up, but I still wanted to go. So that's mm-hmm. what I did, but like, I didn't really think about it otherwise, you know, my mom's a dentist, so I didn't really feel like I had to plan that much because I figured it would all just fall into place. But then I moved to New York and like she wasn't around and had no connections when I started my career. So like, you know, things took a turn, but um, (laughs) I never, I never really think like that far ahead. Like you would think that I do, or I think a lot of kids, I call you guys kids now. (laughs) I'm 100% a kid. (laughs) Like, I think a lot of students actually think that far ahead now, which is good. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to think ahead, but I didn't, that was not, I just, I was just trying to make it out of dental school. Like I struggled a lot in dental school. So I was like, I just need to graduate. And then once I graduate, I'll figure out the rest. That's such a good way of thinking though. I was just surprised because you're a Virgo. And I thought Virgos were very like, you know? (laughs) I know. I think I am very Virgo in so many ways, but then also I'm there there are times I'm just not a Virgo at all. Do you ever feel I want like to know that? what, well, I'm curious what your big three are. Cause your Virgo, Virgo is like your like sun sign. Do you know like your moon and your rising? Uh-uh. Oh wait, here, I can look this up too. Um, what, <laughs> actually, I you know, love this, this is- I love when you look, the, look up stuff I like literally, this. no, like literally I re- so you know your friend with the stocks, that's me with astrology. Like on the weekend mornings, I'm like looking into like natal charts and things. Um, I what, love it. What what day is your birthday again? Uh, August 26th. I'm basically giving you like a free horoscope reading. <laughs> Thank you. I just got my angel card reading. Oh, I actually meant to talk to you about this because I like looked into her. I went to her website and I was looking for like rates and all this. Um, but the only thing I'm hesitant about is that like you, you met her in person first and then you did the online mm-hmm. reading, right? Yeah, I feel yeah. like I've done like online readings or like virtual readings before and I felt like they were accurate, but the first time was always in person. So I feel like, I don't, I don't know, but I might. Um, I think in person so much better. Yeah. And I kind of want that experience with them too, instead of, I don't know, there being a lag and then be like, did you hear that? And be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Interesting. Okay. So your sun sign is Virgo. Your moon sign is Taurus. And then let me see your rising. This one doesn't have your rising. I don't think so. Moon. Your Mercury is Leo. So that's probably why you're good at like communicating on the internet and stuff. Mercury is like the sign or the like aspect of like how you communicate. And like Leo is known for like putting on a good like show and a good, you know, display and like being good in the spotlight. Ah, I never knew that. Yeah. And your moon in Taurus. So that means like you're probably like a little stubborn. Uh-huh. And <laughs> And um, you like nice things and like have good, like fine taste in things. 
I feel mm-hmm. like this is pretty accurate. Um, yeah. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> You're like, Byron would believe all of this. <laughs> so anyways, what were we talking about before this? How did I get so distracted? Oh, the Virgo thing. It's like you're a Virgo where you identify with being a Virgo, but you're not like completely Virgo. Sometimes it's almost like you have like split personalities. Not you, I do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, like I I totally do too. So I feel like sometimes the sun sign is like the Virgo in you is like, it's how you come across, which I would agree with. You come across as very like methodical, thoughtful, planned out. Whereas like your moon, like I said, was like Taurus. It's like more of like your inner, how you actually feel. And your Mercury mm-hmm. is like how you think and process the world and communicate. So I feel like that's all accurate. So like you might feel like you relate more to than like Taurus and Leo. Thanks for my reading. No problem. I do parties too for anyone that's curious. <laughs> now that we're going like way back, we basically went back to when you were born. Um, I was just curious if you've had any sort of like life event or like life situation that really like shaped who you are as a person. Um you know, like this can be even like childhood, teenage years, early on. Like what's really shaped you? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can't, I can't even think of anything. Cause I feel like there's, I feel like I've had a pretty regular-ish life where I haven't had like one big thing that shaped me. You know how like when you write a personal statement for school you want to write something like that blows them out of the water like this is my story but like I feel like I don't yeah. I, I can't pinpoint just one thing I know now that I've asked you I'm like hmm I don't think I could think of that for myself either which I mean is good I feel like that means I've been like blessed with a pretty normal upbringing um what was like growing up with your parents like are like are your parents like the typical like Asian parents kind of um my mom's a dentist and my dad's an engineer so that's very like Asian-y and yeah. <laughs> they you know, I think they kind of like didn't think I was really smart when I was growing up. So they didn't pressure me the way that a lot of Asian parents pressure their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just wanted me to like survive, I think. <laughs> As one so, does. <laughs> now they look back and they're like, how, like people, all their friends ask them like, how did you raise a daughter that's a dentist? And my sister's a lawyer. And how did they get through school so fast and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we have no idea. It's almost like... <laughs> We just, me and my sister just blossomed at our own time, but we were really slow in the beginning, like in elementary school, we like could not read and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People were really worried about us. (laughs) So how did you then like, so like you say like timing and all this stuff. I think like everyone has their own natural timing of when they'll figure things out. It sounds like you weren't like rushing your timing or anything like that though, right? Like, I feel like, a, like, I feel like a pressure cooker that's constantly like, when's it going to be my time? Like, I'm still trying to figure out my timing, if that makes sense. Oh, I, yeah, I, n- I never think about my time. But I think timing is really important. I just, I just put one foot in step, one foot ahead of the other. And somehow, like, I get to an end. Like, for example, I did the three plus three program at UOP for dental school. Mm-hmm. I never really sat there and mulled like, do I really want to be a dentist? can I pay off my student loans? Like, you know, all the things that people really think about these days, I didn't do it. I just like, or I didn't think about that stuff. I just like did it. And then at the end I was like, Oh, I'm here. And then now if like, I don't want to be a dentist now, like, well, I'm $320,000 in in the hole. Like I got to figure it out. Um, But yeah, I don't think that much before I just do them. Mm -hmm. That seems to be like the reoccurring lesson. For, for like me, 
like honestly I, I feel like so much of what I'm learning from like school and life and even beyond externship is just don't overthink it because no matter how much you think about it it's really not going to change how it works out like you can't control what you can't control and I think I'm one of those people like I have to do it to figure out what I like and what I don't do it I just think about it and then it drives me crazy so I just do it <laughs> just do it choice the dentist <laughs> yeah and I, I make so many mistakes I mean like we're I think before we start recording we we're talking about like all the stuff I bought on Amazon uh um, I just bought mm -hmm. new lights for Amazon for my YouTube channel. So uh, I bought so many things, by the way, on Amazon for this stupid YouTube channel that like I'm not even like fully, fully, fully committed to all the time. Don't but call it stupid. Everything. <laughs> it is. It's like it's like my hobby. So like I feel like it's it's just for fun. But also like buying stuff and then trying it out is it's just for fun. And I don't even think really twice about it. I know like spending. $300 on lights is a big decision for a lot of people, but I just like kind of think about it a little bit and I go, okay, I'm just going to buy this. Boop. <laughs> and then I just buy it and then I set it up. I'm like, I like it. Or like, I don't like it. And sometimes I don't know, but then you, you figure it out later. Like, oh, I didn't like this. It was a $300 mistake. Oops. <laughs> I think that's the Taurus. That's not relatable. <laughs> But Tauruses are known for like buy like being nice to themselves and like buying nice luxury things. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Like I used to um, want to buy myself more luxury things, but now I'm like, no, I have to save money. I'll just buy these like small things. And actually, I probably spend more money buying all these small things than if I had just not done that and I could buy like a big nice thing. <laughs> I know. You know what? I'm like so excited to spend my money on once I have like my first like big girl paycheck. I feel like everyone always wants to like get a car or um, like nice jewelry or shoes. I'm just so freaking excited for the day when I can like ball out at a sushi restaurant like omakase and like not think about <laughs> it. Like I want raw fish for days. That's all I want. That's awesome. I bought that for Byron um, <laughs> when we were dating. Yeah, he oh. loved he loves sushi. Like he loves it. So I took him to a really nice omakase and it was very expensive. It was mm -hmm. so expensive. No. And he wanted to it's drink like coffee. Frivolous. I was like, can you like not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like that's why I feel like it's so frivolous to me because like jewelry, shoes, they like last. Like fish is like in here for two seconds and then it's like out. Like it seems like frivolous <laughs> to me to be spending money on this. So to be able to ball out and like not think about it. Uh, honestly, I'll probably still think about it because like I don't know if like you've ever felt this way. I feel like my immigrant parents, they immigrated like on the later side when they were in their like 30s. And my younger or my oldest sister was um, my older sister was I think like six years old, eight years old, maybe I might be botching this timeline. But they were like kind of like later on immigrants, you know, so they like I feel like I grew up always like having that immigrant mindset of like saving every penny possible. And like, like when I grocery shop, um, fun fact, I actually like use food stamps um, from the government. But so when I grocery shop with food stamps- you, I'm, that's awesome. <laughs> I know, it's the biggest hack. I'm on like mass health for my health insurance. I'm on food stamps, like it's, just, <laughs> it's awesome. But like, even with my food stamps, I'm at the grocery store, like looking at a can of beans and I'm like, okay, how many beans per dollars? Is it cheaper if I get this? Like, I'm just, I'm always calculating like that. And I kind of wish I wasn't like that. I wish I could just live like Jimmy. Jimmy's just like name brand, whatever. And I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> but no, I definitely live like you part of my life. And then I'm like Jimmy the rest. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's so funny. That's like a good internal balance to have. Thinking about this too, I'm genuinely curious. What is something now that you're like in your career, you've settled in, no more school, thank God, all of that stuff. <laughs> what is something now? Oh, and obviously like becoming a new mother and everything. What's something that you're currently struggling with? And I'm curious if you could like kind of compare it to something to things you struggled with when you were in your 20s and like kind of how they differ. Ooh. Um, so for people who don't know, I'm 35. I, I own my own practice and I have a baby. I think that is my struggle basically because <laughs> when I was 20, it was a big shift. When I was in my 20s, it was like all about me and I was like my most important person in the world. Um, and I was also very zero to 100. So like, like I was saying, I don't, I, when I started drinking in dental school, then I would get to the point of just blacking out. Like I would, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find like a middle ground. And that's kind of like how I like doing things. Even to this day, really, I like doing it like all the way and being, being mm -hmm. super obsessed. Like when I find something I'm obsessed with, like I freaking love it. Um, and that was, that was why I think my twenties were like so chaotic. Like I was either between zero, I was zero to hundred basically. Mm -hmm. And it was all about me. And I love that. And then when I became in my thirties or like basically when I had the baby is when I had to start shifting my mind to, uh, caring about other people. And that's why I didn't want to have a baby for so long because I actually really enjoyed only caring about myself and like maybe a little bit of Byron, but, um, I really, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take some of the energy away from myself to put into like somebody else who's like going to suck it all up. <laughs> so, okay. That's also my question is how did you know, like when you were ready? Is it this elusive thing where you just know when you're ready or is it this thing where like, you're just never ready and then it just happens? I don't know. You have a baby? Yeah. Oh no, I, I was never ready. I, I was never ready. I thought about freezing my eggs when I was 30 and then I was like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just see if I'm ready by the time I'm 34. And I just gave myself a deadline because I also had friends that are doing IVF and I was like, okay, well, I don't want to go through that. That looks really, really hard. So I, I just set a deadline for 34 and I did it even if I was ready or not, because you have to either kind of do that or you have to start really thinking about freezing your, your eggs. Mm -hmm. And you never know, like in a few years, how you're going to feel. I thought maybe I would feel ready, but I never did. I just had to, I just had to do it. I think having a child was a thing I thought about the most. I just said that I just do things, but having a kid is a thing I thought about the most and it really paralyzed me from doing it. But then mm -hmm. once um, I turned 34, I just did it. Uh, like people ask me if he was like a mistake. I'm like, no, I promised Byron I would start trying. So I did. And like, we made him within a month. <laughs> so oh I was not ready, but it happened. And so things, things happen for a reason, I guess it was good. Like I'm, I'm really happy now, but, um, I thought about it like way too intensely for a long time. Mm -hmm. I really relate to how you said, like, if you think about something too much, it actually like paralyzes you. Mm -hmm. Um, cause like in reality, I feel like life or like things are actually like a lot more simple than they seem. Maybe not even simple is the right word to say, but it happens and you just have to deal with, deal with it, I say, um, creating life <laughs> lovingly, but you have to deal with it basically. I think um, you, 
you always rise to the occasion for yourself. You know, like you think like, oh, this, this is going to be very hard for me to handle. And it, it does paralyze you. But then when you do it, you just have to trust yourself that you you'll, you'll do what it takes. I know that's like something that I'm kind of learning in dental school because it feels like every month I have something new to like worry about. Like it used to be boards and then that was fine. And then now it's like the next set of boards and now I'm scared for those. And like, I was talking to it with a friend and they were like, why do you like think like you won't be able to handle it? Like you've handled everything thus far in life. Like you have a track record of handling things. <laughs> you are a very impressive person. Like, I feel like I look oh. at, I, I listen to the podcast and stuff and you handle dental school. Like, thousand a thousand times better than how I handled dental school no okay if anything I'm flattered because that means I've tricked you into thinking I do <laughs> because I very much like don't like ask Jim is Jimmy in here Jimmy no he might have just taken the dog out um I'm like on this couch crying <laughs> a lot <laughs> um and I I cry over stupid things like one thing to share with you I guess and to share with the audience so I'm wrapping up my externship experience right now and it's, it's been like a very helpful experience, but I think it's also been like kind of a difficult experience and not in the sense that I imagine because I never realized how like validation hungry I am until I got an externship. And then all of a sudden I realized I was getting really insecure if I wasn't constantly getting positive feedback and like probably like spoon fed the way I am at school. And I really let that like imposter kind of feeling get to me. Like, if I, I was having someone check my work, I'd be like, oh my God, they're gonna hate it. Oh my God, like spontaneously combusting. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, okay, like you have nothing else to say. Um, and like the other day I like did this like restoration and I had an open margin and like, it, it wasn't that dramatic. It wasn't that dramatic. Oh, an open contact, I mean. Um, and then, so my like instructor had to come and fix it. And while she was fixing it, I just had like, this is so embarrassing. I had like tears streaming behind my mask. Cause I was like, she's gonna be so disappointed in me. Because, and basically, long story short, what I realized on externship is so much of what I do, I think, is to, like, like I don't want to disappoint other people. I don't want to disappoint myself. It's just this feeling of, like, guilt and, like, wanting to prove myself. And honestly, now that I've had time to, like, process it, I'm like, Connie, it's not about you. Like, stop making this silly on someone else about you. And, like, that's, like, the hardest lesson I've had to learn is, like, oh, maybe, like, I put too much ego into things. And I'm, I have to, like, take a good hard look at it. I can totally relate to that too. And the funny thing is like when you're in school, you get that, like, uh, you try to, you get that, what do you call it? When you're with the instructor, you want that feedback or whatever. But then mm-hmm. once you go into practice, it transfers to the patient, the patient's the ultimate say. So like, you're always trying to like please them. And if they're not, if they just go like, oh, thanks. Like for instance, when I first started do, giving people like anesthesia, I got this like machine that's computerized and I would do it and I'd be like, did you feel that? Like, did you feel that? And it, you, you didn't feel anything, right? But then most people, they, if they didn't feel anything, they don't like congratulate you on it. They what? just like, they're like, oh, okay, that's part of the procedure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's funny because like you just never stop wanting that like approval from somebody and then yeah. you just have to, especially in cosmetic dentistry. Um, I realized that's one of the hardest things because some people just need like time to process their new, their new teeth. But like, you're like, do you love it? Do you love it? Like, yeah. is this going to change your life? <laughs> you're like, look at that emergence profile. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's something I actually, I was curious about because like cosmetic de- dentistry fascinates me. I think it's amazing. It makes me excited, but 
I have such an imposter syndrome feeling with it. I'm so scared of it that like sometimes I catch myself being like, oh, it's a, like I, I, I couldn't be good enough to do that and like things like that. Um, but I know that it comes naturally to you too. So I'm just, is that something that like with time and experience, like I'm going to be able to get over this feeling? I'm hoping. I think so. I think um, like when I first graduated from dental school, there was no way. I some Some dental students that just graduate, I can tell that they're, they're really into cosmetic dentistry and they go straight into it. Like, uh, who's that? Keishin? Is that how you say Keishin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. He has a very cosmetic dentistry vibe and mm-hmm. he set himself up for that type of life or future. And mm-hmm. um, I love him, by the way. <laughs> but oh yeah, no, he's I like can, the best. I, I'm amazed when people graduate from school and they like know exactly they want to do cosmetic dentistry because for me I didn't know that in fact I didn't want to do it like even though I'm so into like beauty and cosmetics and stuff like that I just had to start working and seeing what I gravitate towards and my mom always told me like you should do cosmetic dentistry and I was like no I don't want to deal with those types of people and like I just want to do a filling where they have no idea what the criteria is and like as long (laughs) as it doesn't hurt and like their bite's not high we're all good like that the simple life felt very alluring to me, but then now, like, as I've progressed in my career, that simple life is, um, it's just not as like fulfilling, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you work on front teeth, people actually, like, it changes their, their life, it changes mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with like 10000 like a $10,000 treatment, and somebody has picked you for that procedure, it's a lot of responsibility. So it's like high risk, high reward. And that's mm-hmm. like the only thrills I have in my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, that thinking terrifies me. That's one thing that terrifies me and why like, I'm like scared and almost like don't want to do cosmetic dentistry is just because I'm like, I don't want to be trusted with this person's whole like (laughs) self-confidence. I'd rather just like extract a tooth that's hurting them and be the hero for making them feel better. (laughs) You know, yeah, I think it's because, I think I hear this a lot and it's because dental school doesn't teach cosmetic dentistry very well. But if you create like a system of how you do it, you're not going to get to the end and the patient's like, I hate it. It does. This is not what I imagined because they, they've been wearing their temporaries for like a couple of weeks and it looks like kind of like what they're going to get at the end. So it's very methodical. So actually, if you're, if you have like this, like methodical analytical Virgo part of you, it's, it's not as bad as you would think. Okay. Okay. That actually makes me feel better. And I think part of it too, is like when you're in dental school, <laughs> you like still don't know what you don't know. So I'm out here worrying about like, how is this going to get done? But then like with time and experience, I'm sure I'm going to figure out like, oh, there's like a system to do this. Like you're not just slapping uh-huh. something on and seeing what works. Which also leads me to one of the questions I wanted to ask you because you've always been like an inspiration to me while I'm in dental school because I hear from a lot of burned out dentists that hate dentistry and it's just like so discouraging sometimes. And like, I know that's just like the field is hard. But you're someone that has managed to preserve the fun in everything you do. So do you have any advice for people that are like in my position, like about to really start our careers and graduate? Like, what are the steps that you can take early on? So that way you're setting yourself up to not burn out and to like have fun. Oh, I think burning out is like part of the process. 
I totally, I totally burned out. Like in the beginning, I think everything comes in a phase when you first start being a dentist. Like in the beginning, the first year, you start working like six days a week, and then you're like, oh, I'm making big girl money, and then you totally burn out. And then you have to taste that in order to really realize like how many days can I physically work for the next. 30 years, like think about 30 years, not the next five years. Like I could work every day, like seven days a week if it was only for one year. But if it's for the next like 25, 50, 50 years or whatever, I hope I'm not working for 50 <laughs> years. But if I have to work like more years, how, like, what's the pace that I should be working at? Um, like, you know how they say when you run a marathon, you should be running at a pace that you can, you can talk which mm-hmm. is funny, but um, that's like what I think the career needs to be. And then as far as like keeping it fun, I think some people, I think I just keep things fun in my brain. It's like all the way that you think about it in your brain and the way you process it. Um, like I've, I've started watching this football TV show yesterday called All American. It's so good. And oh, I, I hate football. <laughs> I could never so imagine I, you I watching just, this. Me too. Like Byron actually suggested the show a long time ago. I was like, I'm not going to watch this football. I hate football. But then I was thinking, um, actually this morning, I was like, how am I really into the show? And I hate football. It must be because the story is really good. Like if the story is good enough, then you, you, you can bypass the stuff that you hate. Um, so like, there are a lot of things that I hate when it comes to being a dentist, but then you like create a story inside of your mind. This is like, I don't know if I sound like a psycho here. Do you, but no, it makes sense. <laughs> it, I think it goes very hand in hand with Instagram too, because like Instagram for some reason is very symbiotic with my career. It makes my career feel more fun. And in turn, it's more fun inside of my head. Like when I put pictures of teeth up and I put it to music, for some reason that's like bumped up. Like that's, that's fun. <laughs> But yeah. in real life, is it like that? Uh, not really. <laughs> You're creating that story inside of your mind. And I think like, um, I think talking to other dentists about what they're doing, because one of the hardest things about being in private practice is that you start like doing it your way. And that's the only way that you really know. But mm-hmm. you have to talk to the other dentists and see what they're doing. So that's why a lot of dentists follow me. And I know like they don't even particularly like me, but they want to keep an eye on what I'm doing because I have my eye on what everyone else is doing. And yeah. then so like I try new products and then I show it. And then that's that's almost that's almost the most exciting thing of my day sometimes. It's like getting a new workout outfit for working out. It just like changes your day. Right, uh, right. Anyways, I'm like rambling about this. But no, I don't know I, I think exactly it's so what it is that keeps it fun, but like you just have to do it. Just, I, I think it's different for everyone too. And that's why it's hard to give blanket advice because everyone thinks like fun is a different thing, right? You speaking about Instagram also makes me curious. Um, this is like totally a selfish question, but okay. I'm like, I've always had a hard time finding my footing on Instagram. I've always known like I wanted to put content out there, do what I'm doing. But I think like, you know, I've been doing this for like four years. I'm still finding my footing in what fits. And I don't know if like you, like, do you have any like, not Instagram tips, like help me with my Instagram. Like, I just like need to know, like, like, what do you, like, where do you see potential in like what I'm creating and what I can do? Because sometimes 
um, especially since I'm like a dental student, I just feel lost in the sea of like, everyone's wearing figs, everyone's a dental student, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just kind of like, I feel sometimes discouraged because I'm like, I don't like know what to offer that hasn't already been done. And I don't want to do something unless I really am proud of it and like it. I don't know how to give you, I feel like your Instagram is so fun. Like I, I love your stories. I, so if Instagram could just be stories, I feel like we would both kill it. <laughs> I know we have such good stories. Oh my God. I always talk about this, like not to toot my own horn, but sometimes when I see people's stories, I know I don't care, but the- I don't know if this is my own selfish like thinking, but like when I post a story, I'm like, this is comedic gold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what it is about stories, but it's like the best part of Instagram. It's probably what keeps me on Instagram. The Mm -hmm. rest, like the feed stuff. um, I go through the same things as you. Like right now I'm personally so over the type of uh, reels that I make. And those reels serve me well because I can make them really quickly and they're educational and they do attract patients. But like how annoying, <laughs> how annoying is cringe are they? <laughs> well, well, okay. So I don't think they're cringe, but I have, this is my frustration with social media. The formula to do well, I think you said this before and I agree. The formula to do well is like very simple. You produce easy to produce content so it's consistent that delivers like certain facts and catches the attention, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what I enjoy doing. And I'm having the struggle of like, I want to enjoy what I do. And I don't want to just like pump out content just to pump out content. But like, I don't know. I just feel stuck with that. It's okay. I feel like that too. I feel like kind of trapped in the way that Instagram wants me to be sometimes Mm. because that's what works. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is like, I'm not afraid to try different types of content. And I don't think people really like realize Mm. that when they see my thing because it all has a very same vibe but like I I tried doing videos in the office where like if I have like an influencer friend or something then I'll record their their procedure or something like that and then make it into a story so those are the most fun things for me to do because they're they're feeding into my practice but also it's a story and it's fun and like whenever there's somebody else there that's not you it like makes it a lot more fun and then right Mm -hmm. now I'm trying to transition to content that I, um, I don't know how to describe this, but I'm on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. And like, I'm trying to switch to content that I'm not creating content for each different platform. For some reason, Instagram, like Instagram likes the type of content that I make for Instagram, but that doesn't do well on TikTok. So Mm -hmm. I feel, oh, I think you would do so well on TikTok. Everyone says that and I have like a chip on my shoulder. I don't know why. I I need to unpack this with like a therapist or an astrologist because everyone has always said this and I don't know. I think I have, I I hate this about myself. For the record, I'm really embarrassed. I have this trait. I think I have starving artist mentality where I'm like, it's so easy to grow. Like, it's not fair. I've been grinding on Instagram forever and like, and the simple answer is like so dead on TikTok, but then I'm like, no, because like it's I don't know. I just I I mentally need to like get over that and then just find what works. But I think TikTok also here's the thing also though. Do you consume TikToks as like a consumer or do you just post? I've been doing it more because I think it's always fascinating to learn like what triggers the mind of a young person. <laughs> like TikTok is not my platform okay like I've been on TikTok since the beginning of time so I should be at like a million followers at this point because that's when it was easy to grow but I couldn't figure out my footing on TikTok but I still keep showing up on TikTok like I'm I feel like I'm a 
old timer that just keeps showing up and I just grow five followers a day or something. And there will be a point at which I put out enough things that I can figure out what hits and what doesn't. And hopefully Mm -hmm. that thing I can just put on Instagram so that I can consolidate my life and just like not be a slave to creating content all the time. I know. Do you feel like a dancing monkey sometimes? Sometimes I'm just like, eh. <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. like this. <laughs> um, I think I totally see what you're saying because, like, I think it would be more efficient if, like, you could somehow like just streamline everything so that you're not like creating blah blah blah. It's like this is the content and this is how you repurpose it. Some pages have gotten really good at it. I think it's just like practicing with it, honestly. Um, but I think what you do really well is that like you just maybe this is one of my personal problems. You just don't attach any ego to it. If it flops, it flops, but you're willing to just throw it out there. Oh yeah. If it flops, it flops. <laughs> I can't, I need to get over that. <laughs> like flopping is fine. Um, I do make like a lot of reels a week and I have like a whole graveyard of reels that never made it because I hate it that much. Um, but even some of the ones I do end up posting, I'm kind of like, uh, and later on, maybe I'll just take them off my my feed. But like, sometimes you just never know what's going to hit and you never know what's mm-hmm. actually going to be helpful for somebody else. No, that's so true. You know what I've like learned from this discussion with you? I mean, I've like really learned a lot, but I think part of the problem is I think you do things right where you think like one step, maybe like two steps ahead, but you're not thinking like seven, 10 steps ahead. And where I, and like a lot of my people in my age, probably like they at, in dental school, I mean, like they probably just think like 10 steps ahead and then they get in their own way. Whereas like a lot of times, like, you know, the old saying, like, just start, like if you, if you start while you're like naive and like not sure, then like your self-doubt doesn't like stop you. I think like I am one of those people that wants like an entire instruction manual, especially when I'm doing dentistry. I like that. But then I realized from, I guess, many years of just doing this, after you do the first step, the way that you think about the whole thing just changes. And then the second step's not the same as what you thought it was going to be. So yes. then I just take a step at a time. And I yeah, know, that's, that's just what like, I'm if it flops, it flops. <laughs> I know, I have to tell myself that. That's exactly how I felt with this podcast because I feel like I was like, hey guys, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a podcast. And it was like, yeah. And then I recorded my first episode actually like after I announced it. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is like going to be totally different than what I told them it was going to be. So like, oh my God, I always thought you'd be so good at podcasting. Like you have a, you talk the fastest out of anybody that I know for some reason, like whatever thoughts come into your mind, there's like no lag time between your brain and your mouth. It's like amazing. It's like one of your greatest gifts. Um, Really? Oh my God. Create like a really good sound bite. That's why I can't do podcasting because the way that I talk, it requires people to be able to see my face. Really? And that's why I, I never started podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I think like video is what where I do well, but um, that's one of the things is like when you are the type of person that s- starts so many things without really thinking about it too much, sometimes you get caught up doing too many things. And then mm-hmm. I'm kind of like trying to figure out, okay, what am I actually good at? Figuring mm-hmm. out what I was actually good at has been one of the biggest challenges. <laughs> If you could choose between like one of your baby platforms, would you choose, which one would it be? It, probably Instagram for the stories. Mm, that's true. I feel I like think I have the best community on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I feel like you have a good YouTube community too, though. You know, my YouTube has grown a lot in followers, but the 
I'm not, it's like the last platform to always go for me when I get busy. So I think like that consistency is really important for the YouTube community. And I just haven't been able to grow it and cultivate it, but I do really enjoy watching my old YouTubes when I was like young. <laughs> like, what this does it mean? Oh my God. <laughs> remember how we were talking about like how you create things that are fun? That's what you yeah. learn from YouTube blogging is like, the things that you do on an everyday basis, they're not fun. But then when you cut it up into a vlog, it's like interesting for other people. And you really, really interesting. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I never even thought about it. And I feel like with vlogging, maybe it's because like you're really creating a story. Because like day to day, it's like a really boring lecture. If you're listening to a really boring, slow lecture, you're kind of just like, oh, okay. And then you get lost in what the purpose is. But then when you watch a vlog, there's like a crescendo and like, you know, like, it's a story. Um, mm-hmm, speaking mm-hmm. of, stories, or like sometimes it's about nothing. <laughs> yeah. Also, that I feel like th- that's actually my favorite style of vlog. I've been watching uh, like New York vloggers where it's literally just they're like, "I'm gonna go pick up milk today," and I'm like, "Ooh, milk in New York," as if it's like different. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that too. So, last question. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but this has already been like so much fun chatting and like therapeutic to me. So, thank you. <laughs> Um, oh, yay, thanks for my horoscope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to end this all off, what do you think has been a lesson in your life or in your career that's been like the hardest one for you to learn? Like a, like a bitter one for you to learn or a painful one? Oh, definitely. It's like managing my ambition. So like, remember I was saying in my 20s, I was very zero to 100. So like mm-hmm. ambition wise, I was like, it's like all about me. I'm like, a I'm going to go get it. I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm. it. And then now I've had to learn to just let, let it go a little bit. So now I work three days a week clinically, which if you told me that when I was 20, I'd be like, you lazy. Little <laughs> <laughs> I, I work 20, I work three days clinically because I realized over a long period of time, that's like what I can handle for a really, really long time. And if you make that decision, that's very difficult when you own a practice because it's like, if you're only open two days a week practicing, you don't make as much money. Like you don't even make enough money to, to stay alive then. Um, right. So like we're open, I work three days and then we're open four days, but that's like just the bare minimum for a regular business. And I've had to realize like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice some of my money making potential to have a regular tempered life and to me, that's extremely boring. That's an extremely boring decision to make mm-hmm. because that my personality just wants to be at an extreme all the time. But in the long term, this is better for me. Um, and it, I think that's why I, I, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot of the times I'm like happy because I've had to step back and create this like life that allows me to be happy and allows me to thrive and isn't always like at the top of my 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 energy level or anxiety level. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. I think that's something I'm trying to learn in my 20s is like boring is like necessary sometimes. Like I feel like <laughs> when things are exciting and you're ambitious and you're achieving your goals, that's all like sexy, right? It's like, oh, wow. But like boring is important because boring is also being consistent. Boring is like keeping your promises and like doing the things that you don't want to do. And as like unsexy and unexciting as boring is, it's like something that you have to learn how to live with, I guess, or I'm trying to. Yeah. There are so many days, especially after I had the baby, I was like, 
who the hell wants to see my life? So I was <laughs> on stories, like a lot of times I'm like, I don't know what to post, but um, I just do it. And then people actually want, you know how many guys watch my stories of like my makeup and stuff? Like I'm, I'm shocked. Wait, I love that. That's so funny. You know why? It's because they like, it's a whole new world that they never get to see. And they can just like unapologetically just like watch you like put on makeup. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's because they, they see the, like the bare face and they're like, Whoa, what? And then they, <laughs> they watch the transformation. And they're like, that's that, that many products to become that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like watching art. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I, that's why I, I think um, you do well on TikTok because you do well with stories. And there's like something that's very freeing about stories because it disappears in like a day or some, I don't, there has to be some component that makes us feel more liberated mm -hmm. and more uninhibited. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've convinced me to like try it. And if it flops, oh, I'm and then another it. reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> another reason is because I, I find that TikToks do well on both YouTube shorts and Pinterest and Instagram, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, Instagrams don't do well on TikTok. So there's something about the psychology of TikTok where um, if you can nail the way that people think and consume short form content, you'll be successful on any platform. I haven't that's figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but that's the problem is I feel like short form uh, content it kind of annoys me because like it's not as satisfying to me I, well actually okay i can't say that because really i haven't tried that hard i've been just trying this one lane of like putting on my scrubs and pretending to be a dental or being a dental student but i think <laughs> there's like different ways to go about short form content and it's just like literally like throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks like as random mm -hmm. as it is you you have convinced me i think i'm, I'm gonna try again i might send a couple flops to you <laughs> and see what <laughs> you think but um yeah, I, I, I think I'll, I'll give it a try. But thank you for letting yeah, me, like, or thank you for giving me, like, a consult, basically, on this. <laughs> You'll feel so excited to, to have figured out what makes people tick and what makes people watch. I think psychologically, that's the mm. challenge of TikTok, and that's why it's interesting to me. It's a challenge. See, I... <sighs> Maybe I need a better growth mindset is the thing. Cause like I feel I feel challenged and I'm like, all right, never mind. Like I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> but there, but then you know, you also can't like stretch yourself too thin because you have Instagram and you have a podcast and you have then you have TikTok, then like where's your life? <laughs> I oh my gosh, I know literally. My friends are like, Oh, like you seem to be juggling it. Like they told me that yesterday and I was like, I'm not juggling in the air. The balls are on the ground and I'm rolling them like up <laughs> a hill, making this work. I'm just I'm just so ready to graduate from school. I'm just like so sick of the rigid walls of school, you know. Uh -huh. Anyways, that is all we have for today. Thank you so much, Joyce. Um, this was so much fun. And I feel like this is going to be so helpful for anyone. And if not, it was really helpful for me. So thank you. <laughs> um, let us know where we can find you, all of your pages, all of that. Um, I'm Joyce the Dentist on Instagram. That's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then my baby in the background. Uh, yes, Joyce the Dentist on Instagram, TikTok, and I think YouTube is probably, those are my top three platforms. Awesome. <laughs> well, you guys should definitely check that out. You can see the master at her work and everything. Um, <laughs> thank you so much again, Joyce, for coming on. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.